You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Guys, I I just need to get something cleared up real quick because I'm really struggling with this. So, the Chicago Blackhawks needed to get rid of Duncan Keith and his no-move clause so they could save some salary cap and protect some of their younger guys, right? Yep. So they have virtually no, like, leverage in a negotiation for a trade. Yeah. Okay. Edmonton knows all of this. Yeah. Theoretically, yes. And they're like, cool, we'll pay you to take late 30s Duncan Keith, who's barely an NHL player anymore. And you yeah. won't have to give us anything for it. You are correct. How does, how does that make sense, man, beyond like, oh, Edmonton Oilers? How? How? I mean, it's the Edmonton Oilers. You just said it. So that's just what it is. There's no other explanation. All right. Roll the damn music, I guess. <laughs> this thing on? Hello? Right. We took one week off and that's it. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. Joined as always by Matt and Alex. We are a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we are going to do a mock draft this week. Ooh, we have yay. split up the teams. We have 10 or 11. Or I, actually, I think we have 10 teams each. because Just about, yeah. There's, yeah, because like two like teams don't teams. have first round picks. I don't know. Anyway, so 9 or 10 teams. And uh that's it. We're going to go through each team. We're going to play GM and we are going to give you our picks and our breakdown, our analysis of the prospects and team needs and all that good stuff. But before we get into that, a quick word from DraftKings. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. That is code THPN. 
New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Beauty. Fucking that, beauty, uh, eh? Putting that one theater class in high school to use. Right. All right. So, before we hop into our mock draft, there is one item of news we missed since we did not record last week. Um, and that is a pretty big signing that the Hurricanes just announced last week again. Uh, and that is my number two prospect, if you remember our prospect rankings a few months ago at this point, Jack Drury. I know this is not really new news at this point, but again, this is the first time we've gotten together since it was announced. So thoughts, gentlemen? I love it. I mean, well, yeah. I'm, yeah, fuck I'm, time, right? <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting how much coverage they're giving a prospect signing isn't it like i thought that too like we're seeing them i mean drury's a good kid um easy guy to like but i mean this is a player that could be making the nhl roster next year and i think with the amount of kind of hype they're trying to generate for him they're trying to get his name out there because they know he can um Now, granted, you know, nothing is guaranteed, but I do think the Canes give him a look in camp this year. I mean, I think he's that good. And I'd rather put a Jack Drury on this team right now rather than a Seth Jarvis. And I know that sounds crazy, but, like, Drury's more complete right now, whereas Jarvis still needs, like, more experience. He kind of got a taste of the pro game this year, but, like, it's no SHL. You know, yeah, more physically mature, probably um, oh, just plays sure. a more mature game all around. And to your point, like, I, I think he's just a broad Brendan Moore kind of player. And he's the kind of player that he's going to come into camp and he's going to love him. And that's going to give him a leg up on maybe some of the other guys he's competing for a spot with. Yeah, but my, my only concern there is uh, he hasn't really played the wing at all in the pro level. Um, even I don't even think he did at Hartford, did he? Um no, he's a, he's a pure center. Yeah, exactly. He's a damn like, good center, too. Yeah, that, I that, think that's he's, that's he's going to push real... Kiki or somebody to wing, if anything. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm thinking if um, if Steven Lorenz is going to be the fourth center, um, you know, Jordan Stahl is obviously the third. Bit. Like, yeah, I mean, your, your depth chart there is pretty solid. Um, I, I don't know if I'd want to try and convert him to wing. Um, you know, it's Lorenz just, played on the wing. Yeah, Lorenz has played on the wing a lot, even in Carolina. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm just I, – I think you guys are a little more optimistic uh, than me about him jumping right into the NHL. I think I think we'll see him start in Chicago, um, you know, maybe work his way up if he shows that, you know, he's head and shoulders uh, above that competition down there. But, you know, a good job by the Hurricanes marketing team as well because, you know, you hear the last name Drury and all of a sudden, like, you know, you know people who've been following hockey for a long time. You remember Chris Drury, who's his uncle, and uh, – Good job uh, by the Hurricanes to market that and uh, build some hype around this player who, you know, it looks like he's going to have a good future in the organization. Also yeah. general manager of the New York Rangers. So I was getting mentions right. like, oh, is Drury going to sign with the Rangers to be with his uncle? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, he signed with his Tr- uncle. Tracy Trip is his Tracy. uncle. Like, <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, jeez. Um, but yeah, I, hey, for me, and Alex, you might be right. He might start off in Chicago, spend a little bit of time there, and he might not even see the NHL at all next year. I'm just saying, personally, I expect him to at some point at least. And for me, I would love to see a fourth line of uh, Jack Drury centering Lorenz on the left and Morgan Geeky on the right. I think that would be fun as hell. I think they'd be good in their own end, and I think they'd have that would be fun. quite a bit of that offense. Be that would be a lot um, of fun. So. How bad does this make – 
make uh, guys like Tuka Tiexla, Blake Murray, and Itu Makinami feel, knowing they didn't get like three features, a Zoom <laughs> interview, and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> well, to you be guys fair, ever want? If you guys listen to the podcast um, and you want an interview, we will be happy to indulge. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. But one thing we also kind of forgot: um, Dean Chenelth is no longer an assistant oh, yeah. coach for the Canes, um, so they're looking to fill the spot. I know I, we've seen Tim Gleason's name floating around as one the fans kind of want to see. Personally, I'd love Ryan Morsovsky, but at the same time, yeah. I'd also like him coaching yeah, our prospects. Yeah, so it's like, exactly. yeah. you know. Um, well, I don't think I don't think Gleason would be a bad shout. I mean, you guys, like, think back to 2019 uh, when Rod Brindamore first got hired. I remember, I remember there was a lot of skeptical people, myself included, were like, hey, you know, it's we just hired a guy that was coaching with, the failure of a coaching staff that we had before that, uh, you know, a lot of people were like, wow, you know, Rod Brindamore was running our power play and the power play stunk. Um, a, a lot of people just felt like it was kind of, you know, a, a soft hire, but you know, some guys just, they do a little better when they have um, a leadership role like that. And I think Tim Gleason, um, you know, you saw how he was a leader on the ice when he played the game, um, obviously has a close relationship with Rod Brindamore. So I, I don't, I don't actually hate the thought of that. I don't know about you guys, but. Well, you know, for me at first, I was kind of like, damn, the Hurricanes defense is really good and their penalty kill has been great, which Janelle plays a huge part in that. And then I remembered back to the last time we did this when Steve Smith was let go, or he actually wasn't let go. He left for Buffalo, correct? If I'm, yeah, yeah, he made a lateral move, which ended up being a downgrade because he's yeah. coaching for the Buffalo freaking Savers. Right. <laughs> but if you remember then – that was a big loss. And I was kind of worried when that happened because Steve Smith was a really good defensive coach here and our penalty kill was great. It was kind of the same deal. And then now it comes along. I think the systems are in place here under Brenda Moore that I don't think it's going to have as big of an effect as I worried it would last time anyway. So basically I'm saying, yeah, because the talent say, is established right now. Right. Basically I'm just saying this to say, that's what kind of eased my mind right. the last time it happened. So we'll see what happens. Um, I've always been a big fan of Gleason. I think the Hurricanes need another Gleason. He's somebody that I've kind of yeah. pointed to a couple of times when they're looking for more of a bruiser on their back end. I'm like, that's the kind of guy we need. So I'd be fine with that hire. I'd be fine with, again, I have pretty much, I pretty much have faith in this uh, regime at this point. So they'll make whatever decision is going to help this franchise in 2021. Right. They, I mean, they have my trust until, you know, yeah. they prove me wrong. They'll prove otherwise. Right. So I think it's time to to dive into the mock draft. There, there's a bunch of other NHL news. I mean, we alluded to the Duncan Keith trade earlier on, but nothing really huge um, that's affected the Canes up until this point. Um, I do want to say real quick as like a caveat, um, if you guys listen to Canes cast, which is the second best Canes podcast after this one, um, f- featuring Mike's, Michael Smith and Mike Maniscalco, um, they had Tom Dundon on, uh, I think it was last week. And they asked him about, you know, when he reads the stuff in the media, like, what does he think? And he's like, basically he, he was trying so hard to say that it wasn't, that it was all just like BS, but he couldn't say that, you know? So he was, he just called them lies. So I encourage you all when you read something about the Carolina hurricanes from somebody who doesn't normally cover the Carolina hurricanes. 
to take that with a grain of salt for your own sanity, please. I don't want to see you guys talking about Ned leaving because the Canes made a trade for future considerations. <laughs> Dylan Wells is going to displace Alex Nadokovich. My oh, God. I I that, saw that happen, I saw it? more than one person react like that, and I oh, shut man. off Twitter for the next hour. I was like, I'm done. I can't. There's no coming back from that. But anyways, folks, uh, now to our correct draft opinions. Well, should, should we talk about uh, the whole Nedeljkovic news that came out via Elliot Friedman where he said... No, I just said to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah but I mean, you... like. I, the whole I thing guess, is like the Canes played him really for 20-something no games. Yeah, it, it didn't really make sense to me either, uh, considering what the arbitration numbers would be. I tweeted that out, try to trying to ease people's minds a little because, you know, everyone's freaking out. Well, um, it's also not even just that, but it's like most of the time when rumors about a player's contract status leak, it's not the team that's doing it. It's the guy's agent to try yeah. and get the fans in a stir to pressure the team. It's a negotiation tactic. So don't read into it. It's just the guy's agent trying to get the fans in a tizzy, which it's working. Good job to whoever Nadelkovich's agent is. But yeah, I, I'm not reading into that. I, I know exactly what that is. Don't worry about Ned. He'll be back in the Canes crease next year. Um, or if he's not, somebody else will come along that'll, be, that'll do just fine. Yeah. I, I don't see them putting all years of development time into Alex Nadelkovich just to let him go as soon as he breaks through and has like a calder worthy season. But By anyway, God, that's Scott Darling. Well, like music. it just like from yeah. what Friedman well, said, it's just the numbers don't make any sense because they don't. If, if the arbitrator awards more than four, the exact number I, I googled it, the exact number is four point five three eight million for one year. The Hurricanes can just walk away. So if they're scared of uh, a reportedly ridiculous number being awarded in arbitration, anything over 4.5 million, you can just walk away from it. Anything under that, I mean, considering the season he had for one year is a worthy flyer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then you can reevaluate next summer. Yeah. It's Both not a situation where you're plenty of time host. to work that out. Yeah, exactly. It just, I, it didn't make sense to me. Kane's Twitter went into a frenzy for no reason. We're used to it. Shocked. We expect it. I'm shocked. Yeah. Like I just there's nothing for the hurricanes to be afraid of here. So all right. So for the mock draft, I drafted teams. I wanted to keep it more so that we all kind of alternated picks. Um Alex and I did make a trade. I took Detroit um and he gave I gave him Ottawa. So which means I have um one pick in the top nine. <laughs> Seems fair. That's not Seems true. Fair. I have one pick. I have I have Anaheim and that's it. What? Oh, you do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, whatever. Whatever. We're gonna Better go. be prepared, fellas. Wheeling and dealing out here. Well, that's all right, because you, you have Minnesota, who has two picks in the top 20. Or 25. Anyways. So I have... Place Kirill Kaprizov. I have Buffalo, New Jersey, Detroit, San Jose, Philly, St. Louis, Edmonton, Florida, and Vegas. Brandon has Seattle, Columbus, Los Angeles, Chicago, Dallas, Winnipeg, Boston, your Carolina Hurricanes, and Montreal. Love my hall. It's fun. And Alex has Anaheim, Ottawa, Vancouver, Calgary, New York Rangers, Nashville, Minnesota, and Colorado. 
You can draft Hayden Flurry a new best friend. Yeah. Hell yeah. Congratulations. I'll feel wrong if I take a defenseman there. You know what I mean? That might <laughs> Hayden happen. Flurry okay, anyway. Carson right. Lambos is coming for that job. <laughs> Tough. At third overall, my God. I would step down as their GM immediately if I did that. <laughs> All right, the third overall. Okay, Alex Eiserman. <laughs> pick out a left field. Alex Francis. Oh. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my. <laughs> Picking oh. the left-handed defenseman. <laughs> I mean, who's who's the best left-handed like defenseman that's just kind of average? Is it Edvinson or is he right-handed? They're like all there, there's your first Edvinson mistake. Power. I don't think Edvinson pick, is average at all. You know what I mean? They're gonna pick Simon Edvinson as as their like you know puck Edvinson's moving really defenseman good, in the first round, and they're not gonna acquire any other. They're not gonna trade for any NHL players. They're just gonna hoard picks. But that's anyways, gonna, we've it's gonna be like the now. Anaheim Angels. Actually, the MLB draft was yesterday third day or or the last few days. It was this weekend, and they picked twenty pitchers. There's 20 rounds this year. There's only 40, but <laughs> they picked 20 exclusively pick pitchers. They only picked pitchers with all 20 of their picks. And I saw oh somebody God. say earlier on Twitter, they were like, can you imagine being a pitcher in the angels organization? <laughs> they did not draft <laughs> one position player. They drafted 20 pitchers just saying, holy crap, we suck. We need somebody that can throw the ball over the plate. <laughs> That's all right, man. My Red Sox drafted the number one ranked player in the draft. So I was happy about that. Red Sox whatever anyway hey at least our star player doesn't have a torn acl Anyways. are we talking about baseball are you proud of yourself are you proud of yourself for that i am all right let's all right. get into it let's get anyways into it all right so buffalo is on the clock and with the first overall pick in the 2021 nhl entry draft <laughs> the buffalo sabers select out of the university of michigan and johnson Center Matthew Beniers. <laughs> okay. That's the right pick, but it's not it's who absolutely pick. the right pick. It's the right pick. It's not who they're going to pick. It's they're not going to happen, but no, I right. know it's not, not going to happen. happen. <laughs> this is my mock draft. All right, cool. I thought the idea of mock drafts was to right, take cool. what you expect. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. We're allowed to do how we want. That's fine. Best player yeah. in the draft is Matty Beniers, so I'm not going to fight that. Um, yeah. It's what Buffalo should it. do. They, it's they what Buffalo need to should take the do. guy with the best upside, and, and it's Beniers. Power is a good prospect, but he's not the best prospect in this draft class. He's just tall. <laughs> he's just tall. He's 6'6 well, six, six and can skate, and NHL GMs are like basically oh creaming God. their pants. <laughs> All right. Well, at the number two slot, Seattle is going to take whoever's there between Matty Beniers and Owen Power. But now Matt's got me wondering if I should even take Owen Power. But you since should. I am since I am playing as Ron Francis, I guarantee you, if this is what happens on draft night with the second overall pick, the Seattle Kraken will select Owen Power, also out of the University of Michigan. Um, I feel like there's like prospect fatigue with Power at this point. Like he's just everybody's heard about him for so long that like. This happens with a lot of, like, young phenoms that people talk about for years. They just try so hard to poke holes in their game and find something wrong that they talk themselves out of a great player. And I think Owen Power has the potential to be a great player because he – I mean, you can't teach that size skating ability. Maybe he doesn't put up the offensive numbers you expect him or some people are hoping he projects to at this point in time. But 
if he hits, that's still a superstar number one defenseman. Um, so I guess I'll go ahead and take him with the number two overall pick. I think what the issue is with power before we move to um, number three. Um, like, power's good. It's just like, again, I don't think he can be your best defenseman on your roster, whereas Beniers probably could be your best forward, you know? Yeah, I, I and like that's I get a it. true wow factor. And with with power, like the there's a lot of risk, and I I get it. What Brandon said about not being able to teach the size and the skating, that's absolutely correct. You can help a player get to be like, you know, an average skater, but it's really hard to already be a good skater, especially at, you know, six six. The problem is power just doesn't he leaves a lot to be desired with the puck on his stick. Yeah, that's what I'm And I, was I feel say. like I... his decision making is lacking a lot of the time. And it's just like, you know, these are concerns that worry me about like his projectability and like there's a know, lot like, of similarities between him and Hannafin. Like I would say Hamilton, actually. Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Dougie ha- Hamilton's a pretty good comp for him because they're the exact same size almost and they play kind of similar games. I, I'm just not sure He's that, not that power thinks the game defensively at a high enough level, uh, especially to be an elite shutdown defender uh, in this league and well, he's not going to be a, a shutdown guy. He's he leans more but, yeah, on the I offensive mean, even, side of things. Even serviceable, like even serviceable. Yeah. Like I, I kind of do like Hamilton as a comparable because it's just he doesn't really think the game at that elite level that you want, especially if you're going to be drafting a guy that high and put all this stock into him. Um, so that's 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 my reasoning behind not picking Owen Power if I'm Buffalo. Yeah, I want somebody that's more of a sure thing. I mean, I, they're still going to take him, but I mean, I can't fault you for going the other way. <laughs> yeah. It's we. We know what Buffalo is going to do. It really could be one of those things, like in 2017, where we don't know who's going first overall until the name is called. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's fair. It was 50-50, Nolan Patrick, Nico Heischer, and, you know, the Devils lucked out by by picking Heischer. But, like, you know, nobody knew who was getting picked. But anyways, Alex, go ahead at three. All right. So, the Anaheim Ducks with their already stacked defense core of Jamie Drysdale and Hayden Fleury as youngsters on the back end. I've decided with the third overall pick to shore up their forward group a little. And we're actually taking who I consider to be my second favorite prospect behind Beniers in this draft with out of Jurgarden, Sweden, William Eklund. Great pick. Great pick. You know, he's been compared to players like Henrik Zetterberg. Uh, for, I just don't see many holes in his game. Um, the only problem with him, I'd say, is he's a bit undersized. He's like 5'10", 175-ish. Um, you know, he's been playing in the Swedish Men's League since he was 16. Uh, he yeah, pushed he was able to play, really especially well. for your gardens. Like, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. phenomenal. He, he's just he, – he doesn't really have many holes. He doesn't really have um, many areas that – would be a flaw to kind of hold him back in the league. He's just very smart. Uh, he's got really good pace. Um, you know, he defensively, he's great as well. Um, I, I just think he's a very complete player, a guy who projects really good to the NHL, especially with the way the game is moving, um, like more predicated towards speed and skill. Um, and he, he doesn't really lack in any area. So I think, you know, behind, um, 
maybe even like a 1A, 1B with uh, Trevor Zegrist and Anaheim. That could be a very good uh, a very good group down the middle for them as they move ahead here. Yeah, um, I, I think it's kind of interesting that in this draft, I, I think Eklund's the second best forward as well. Um, I, I think it's kind of interesting that both he and Matty Veneers are kind of more – I don't want to say they're more floor than ceiling guys, but they're like very much the safe guys that I, I, I'm not sure they're superstars in the NHL. Either one. I don't think anybody at the top of this draft. Yeah. Exactly. Is, except for maybe Eklund. And yeah. there's more question marks around him. Right. And, but he's got the speed. He's got the two way game. He like, let's like Alex said, he really does everything well, but I, I don't think there's really any player. If nobody in this draft became like the best player on their team, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. I would be less surprised. I think the least surprising thing about this that could happen about this draft is for a player in the later rounds to be the best player in this draft. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like that happens every once in a while, but like I don't see anybody at the top end of this draft like being a legitimate superstar other than maybe Eklund and, and Beneers could. Yeah. I just think it's the worst year to have the first overall pick if you're the Sabres. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, assuming we're done with Anaheim, we're going to move on to New Jersey. And New Jersey is going to select from, oh God, I can't pronounce that. Oh boy. <laughs> H.C. Nova Zamki out of Slovakia. Brant Clark. Wow. Clark is the best player on the board, I think. Um, I think this, uh, the devils lack a true top defensive prospect. They've got Kevin ball. They've got Shakir Muhammad useless ass. Um, I'm going to say Luke Hughes. Oh, brother. It no. does make sense. Doesn't it? it, it, it I it, think it, that's it, the way they might go. I do feel that New Jersey could go the Luke Hughes route, but I also wonder if, the Hughes brothers all want to kind of play like if, if you're going to get the best out of them, if they play on the same team or if they play on different teams where they can kind of compete with one another, you know? Yeah. I think the the devils go with Brant Clark here just because quite frankly, I think the devils would value size a little bit more. They like, you know, most of their defensemen on the back end are pretty tall yeah. and Clark has a lot of offense to his game. And I think, you know, had there been an OHL season, which is going to be a common theme with a lot of these guys, I think, you know, he, he could be considered one of the best defensemen in this draft class. I, I really do. I really love uh, Clark's game. It took off um, when Barry's coach uh, got fired and his rookie year, like in juniors, and he finally just started popping off offensively. They just deployed him right. It was awesome. Yeah, I'll but like anyways, too. I think I think that's a good spot for him. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so moving on with the number five selection, uh, I get to play Yarmo Kekalainen. We. Oh God. <laughs> and this Which one unheard of Russian is he going to pick this year? <laughs> well, and, and you know this one was actually the first like actually somewhat difficult one for me, but I think the best way to go is just best player available with how devoid Columbus is of talent right now. Um, I, I wanted to lean defenseman here because with Seth Jones leaving and it's just their defensive pipeline is not very good. 
Um, their pipeline but, as a whole sucks. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's like kind of when what I went back to. It's like they just need to take the best player available. So <laughs> I still don't know who that is here. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna go with. All right, it's down to three guys. It's down to Mason McTavish, Dylan Gunther, or Simon Edmondson. And I'm leaning oh. towards Gunther. Um, getting a sort of – Gunther might be the best goal scorer in this draft. Um, 49 mm-hmm. goals last, last year in the OHL in the full last full season in the OHL, and that was obviously his age 17 season before he was even going to be draft eligible. The W. Um, He's in the W. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. I think I might have said O, but sorry. Um, big body, good goal scorer. Um, he could. He's, he's kind of similar to Alexander Holtz of last season, even though he doesn't really have the size. Holtz doesn't. Um, it was just an elite shot, and I mean, it's a high end goal scoring forward that in a couple of years could be an elite threat for you. I don't know what else to say about that one. <laughs> no, I think that's a good. I think that's yeah. the right pick for Columbus because I mean. Even though Seth Jones is still is leaving, you still have Zach Wierenski. And I mean, for a rebuilding team, I think you need to take the player that's the best at this point. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, any three of those guys that you suggested could be a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gunther's a bit of a wow factor too, you know, for a franchise that doesn't really have a whole lot to be excited about, um, you know, can skate at a very high pace, very good release puts the puck in the net. I mean, what can you really ask for uh, as a guy to build your kind of build your team around and move towards the future with? Uh, I think that's a pretty good pick for them. Is he another Patrick Line? <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'll stop. Tough. Okay, so Detroit is on the on the clock now. Uh, there was a trade for this pick. I yes, traded there was a trade. Um, the tenth overall for the sixth overall. Right, Alex just moved trade. to take his his Senators, and I just got <laughs> Detroit because I like. Um, picking in mock drafts. Um, Detroit, there's talent on the board for Detroit here. That's what makes this pick so hard for me. Is because you've got Luke Hughes still. You've got a guy like Edvinson. You got even got you know Kent Johnson, Mason McTavish, a couple other guys. We know who the pick's going to be. Come on. I, I, I Come think on. I really believe that the Detroit Red Wings pick Jesper Wallstedt here at sixth overall. Wow. I mean, yep. why not? They don't have the anybody one else. thing they don't have in their pipeline right now is a good goalie. And I think that's it. I think that's the one thing the Detroit Red Wings don't have. Yeah. And, and even, even really on their NHL team, they don't have great goaltending. <laughs> um, but I mean, Detroit is going to be good really quickly if some of their, you know, drafted prospects start working out. I mean, they've got, you know, Moritz Sider. They've got uh, Emil Vero even, who who's looking like a decent player. They've got a couple you know, other guys that could. <coughs> Michael Rasmussen. <laughs> uh, slow down there, bud. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> That's totally a joke. Like, they have... Yan Bednar, who they picked in the last uh, last year's draft, they've got, I mean, a couple other okay players, but I mean, Jesper Wallstedt, so you could make a case for Wallstedt being the best prospect in this draft class. You could. Yeah. Because of how good he is in goal. 
I loved him. I got to watch him a little while when he was with Lilia this season because um, I, I watched a few of Noel Gundler's games, and my God, this guy is good. He is such a fun goalie to watch. Wouldn't he have been taken before Askarov last year? No. They, I don't think so. I think Askarov might be a little better, but they're pretty similar in terms of upside. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost a 1A, 1B type thing. But Askarov is like future Vezina winner level, like at his ceiling. Um, whereas I think with Wallstedt, you're getting a guy that's definitely like top 10 goalie, but maybe not quite Vezina level, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Vezina level is like top five. Wallstedt probably sits right out that. That's how I'd kind of view it. And I think you pick again. <laughs> do I? Yep. Oh, yeah, you do. You're on the clock again. Who am I picking for again? Let me the see. San Jose Sharks. Oh, God. What don't the San Jose Sharks need, man? Um, they need everything, yeah. San Jose is going to be a mess um, this offseason. And I think. Going to be. They've they, been a mess. They've been a mess, but I think this offseason is going to be really tough for them because they're going to have to kind of start like an actual rebuild and start. I mean,. This is a team that just built itself on bad aging contracts. So they need to get, they're going to have to unfortunately get rid of some of their good contracts. And it's just going to be a mess, man. But San Jose is going to keep the seventh overall pick and take Luke Hughes, the best player available at this point. Yeah. Probably so. I love Hughes. I think. I don't think he's going to be as good as Quinn, but I still think he's going to be a damn good NHL defenseman. Um, He could be able to produce like Eric Carlson was in Ottawa, which is, you know, they'd finally be able to get that sort of production out of him because they haven't so far. So that's where I think San Jose goes. I think you want to start building a defensive core because you can pick better forwards in the middle rounds. Yeah. All right. With the eighth overall selection, we have the Los Angeles Kings. Um, one of the better, if not the best, prospect pipelines in the NHL right now. Um, they're extremely center heavy, which kind of takes Kent Johnson and Mason McTavish off the board. Like, on the one hand, you can never really have too many centers, but on the other, Simon Edmondson is still there. So that's what I think I'm going to go with here. I think um, he is probably at least in the argument for the best player on the board anyway. And they're, <laughs> they still have some good defensive prospects too, but I think that's more of a position of need than up front would be right now. And Edmondson himself is a really, really good prospect on the back end. So, so you're taking, you're taking Edmondson. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good pick. I mean, I could, also I love, I love Edmondson, a guy who is that big, who can skate that well, can carry the puck, can create offense. Yeah. He's like he's like a, a Hayden Flurry when they let Hayden Flurry loose. You know what I mean? He's like it, no, Matt. Uh, listen, calm yourself down there. <laughs> but I mean, a guy, no, a guy that big. Uh, in all honesty, a guy that big who can skate that well. Uh, I just is very intriguing to me. You know, kind of like a you, you take those raw intangibles, just same as Owen Power, and then you kind of try and develop the rest of the game. But I mean, he's got a lot of good uh, good things to work with, a lot of good characteristics, and you know, you can't teach that size and speed. Yeah, L.A. would have been another good landing spot for Wallstead, I think, because that's yeah. like the one thing they lack in their pipeline is a top goalie prospect. Yeah, they got Cal Peterson, though, and um, 
Right, but you know, like in like their pipe, just from too. a pipeline standpoint, I mean, you're not looking at drafting based off a of need. You're just looking at best player available. And whilst it would have been a good fit for them, I, yeah, I had him as one of my potentials for the Kings at eight, as a matter of fact. But he's not there, so Edmondson was a somewhat easy pick for me. So Alex, you're a darn liar because you've got three picks in the top ten with Anaheim. And Vancouver, who's on the clock now, and then Ottawa next. So oh. you got two picks in a row. There we go. All right. Making up for it. For Vancouver, hmm. man, they need everything, don't they? Jeez. They're another team that's going to have a rough offseason. Man, I don't even know. Where... You know what? I think you got to build down the middle here. And yeah, I think Ken Johnson is a very good fit for what they do. I think so too. Let's see what you know, you, you start him in hopefully eventually um, looking a little down the road behind Elias Pedersen as their one C um, you know, hopefully they have, they saw Brock Besser there. Um, you know, they, they do have a lot of good, decent um, prospects on the wing coming up guys like, you know, Jonah Gadjevich um, and some other guys. But um, I, I do think that with his skill set, the way Vancouver plays to push the pace, um, and, you know, with guys like Quinn Hughes moving the puck from the back end, uh, I, I think he's a pretty good fit for that team. Um, you know, I really like his play. Um, I think – I almost – watching Kent Johnson, it almost reminds me a little of Seth Jarvis, the way he attacks. Um, he's very, very mm-hmm. smart player. Um, great movement. He's elusive. He does a lot well, and he's very creative. Like, I think he's kind of Seth Jarvis playing at center. Uh, I actually really like that comparable. And, you know, he's a very smart player out there. I think that's a very good spot for, for him to land with how Vancouver plays, how their system is currently. And, yeah, I'm not sure I can really – not really sure I can make the case for anybody else at that spot. Really? You're not picking you – would, you wouldn't consider Mason McTavish? Yeah, I, I'm, I don't think Mason McTavish even falls this far. I think listen, 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 him. listen. Hold up. Little bias here. I've already considered Mason McTavish the guy for Ottawa. So I, I, I decided to remove him from oh, the board so, to keep oh, him from so, my oh, sense. You know what I mean? Oh, gotcha. It's so, our own mock draft. You know what I mean? So the Canucks oh, are you doing, can't bend doing the rules. The, uh, you right, can't right. They're just going to throw Ottawa bone here. No, no, no. You guys can't bend the rules and then br- <laughs> and give me shit when I bend the rules. You know what I mean? So with the 10th overall. Bend the rules. <laughs> with the 10th overall pick, Matt. The Ottawa Senators are very pleased to select Mason McTavish. Imagine putting him on a line with Kachuk, dude. That would be horrendous to play against. Yeah. Or I was going to say out. Lucius would also be an option here just because of the Senators' affinity for development team prospects. Lucius is really good, too. I mean, you're talking three years down the line um, with, you know, with a, a top three center group. You're going to have Josh Norris, who... Just had a great rookie season. Looks like a very, very good talent. Then you add a guy like Mason McTavish to that and Shane Pinto, who's really, really come along. Um, I actually didn't love that pick for them uh, a couple years ago. I was a little underwhelmed because Kaliev was still on the board. But, you know, what a pick that turned out to be. Yeah, and, I was really uh, mad when the Sens picked him because I had him as one of the guys the Canes would consider at uh, 36. Yeah, yeah. See, at this point, um, I'm definitely glad they made they went that route instead of Callie, who you know was a more exciting player, but you know three years down the line with a uh, center group of Josh Norris, Mason McTavish, and Shane Pinto, um, combined with what they're doing on the wing with Tuchuk and Jimmy Stutzel and Drake Batherson, I mean 
this, that's going to be a very fun team, a uh, team that can outscore almost any team in the league. Um, you know, got the size, got the skill. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think he's a seamless fit for them. Is he going to be there at 10? Probably a little optimistic to think that. But like I said, he's my guy for the Sens. You know, a lot of talk in Ottawa uh, on the radio and stuff. Everyone's kind of hoping that McTavish is the guy. Might be wishful thinking, but that's kind of what we centered on. That's kind of what I've ingrained in my head. So Vancouver will politely skip over McTavish, take Johnson. But you can, e- you can easily flip these two picks, and I'd still feel, you know, kind of the same uh, about both situations. Yeah, I definitely don't think Matavich makes it to 10 on draft night. It just You don't see that many big-body power-forward centers that can score like he can with a physical edge to boot. Um, yeah. right. He's not and, on like the Quinton Byfield level, but like he's still no, a damn good prospect. He, he's a really good prospect. He's one of my favorites in this draft. And um, I, I really think it's more likely on draft night we see – both Johnson and McTavish gone by then and maybe one of the defensemen available. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ottawa go that direction. Right. Well, so at number 11, the Arizona Coyotes pick nobody because they're stupid, dumb, dumb idiots who got <laughs> caught cheating. Brandon, you're on the clock at 12. Nobody. Good I, thought I, had another, I forgot that was, you know, I thought <laughs> I had another pick before I was back on the clock. So let me pull my stuff back up. Um, Chicago. Imagine okay. preparing for this. Huh? No, so I imagine did, preparing. I, you know, I, but I didn't write down every pick. I just no, I know. I'm just pick. saying, like, you know, we we I didn't prepare. All right. Um, and you know, the two guys that I wrote down as potential picks here for Chicago are both still on the board. The only thing is, I, I would probably look defense here, but I feel like Lambos is a reach at this point. Yeah, I, I just don't see anybody here that's of the value to make that selection. Um. So for me, it comes down to two really explosive talents in Chaz Lucius and Cole Sillinger. Um, I, I, th- I think Lucius is probably the pick here if the board falls this way. Lucius is another personal favorite of mine. Um, speed, creativity, just a really, really good offensive player that um, could break into the NHL and be just a really dynamic forward. And he can score. Definitely a goal scorer, absolutely. Yeah, that's the the – the key is in this draft, you're, you're getting guys that can put the puck in the net. You're, there aren't a ton of, uh, I'd say, pure playmakers um, in this draft, at least not yet. And there's a couple down in the Hurricanes range, and that's why I'm just like kind of shaking my head about where they're at because, you know, I'd much rather see them go the goal scoring route. But anyway, well, we'll the, I mean, later. guys like um, there's a few guys that I, I'd say are kind of like dual threats. Right. And, and I've just got neither of them players. are like polished in either area and established in one you know yeah like borgo and like guys like that are like definitely more pass first and i I just don't see the hurricanes needing another play making forward like that but anyway back to where we actually are in the draft with the number 13th pick alex is on the clock at number 13 for calgary yeah, uh, I'm kind of the same as Brandon here. Um, I, I think I think Calgary needs help on the back end. Um, nobody had reached for at this stage. Um, so do you do you reach for Lambos or do you go best player? I, I, I'm actually going to take. I'm going to go back to the Lulia program here. I'm going to take Fabian Lysel. Yep. Uh, I Great feel pick. like he's such a Calgary pick. Um, yeah. You know, just based off the, the kind of guys they covet. Um, you know if. He's, he, I think he's, he might be the best skater in this draft. As far as explosiveness goes, his, his straight line speed is just, just it's, it's, an, it's a joy to watch. Um, and, you know, he's got all the skill. Um, didn't really produce a ton um, 
in, in Sweden this year. I mean, he's playing in a men's league. He's 18 years old. Um, but, you know, this guy's got all the raw tools. Um, there's not much he can't do offensively. Uh, at, his, at his own age group, just showed he's head, head and shoulders above that kind of level. Uh, I, I love him. I love him. Um, I, I think – and his work rate. You know what I mean? Um, he never stops hustling. For a guy that small, he's 5'10", 170. But, yeah, he, he's a good player to build your nucleus around, especially with the uncertain future there in Calgary, what they're going to do with a lot of their top guys. Uh, you know, you're hearing guys like uh, Monaghan and Tuchuk and trade rumors. And I think Johnny Gojo's a UFA next summer. So, you know, it could be a lot of changes in Calgary. And I think this guy is a very good spot. Um, you get a dynamic talent like that and uh, let them grow with your group, uh, moving into kind of a new era for the uh, Calgary Flames. But, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's the pick for them. Yeah, he's definitely the best player available. Um, it just sucks that, you know, he's not going to fall to the Kings like that Craig was, Button suggested. Never, which, yeah. My <laughs> God, man. Like how, man? Ugh. Anyways. So at number 14, the Philadelphia Flyers are on the clock. And what does Philly need? They've got Cam York. They've got Bobby Brink. They've got a couple other guys that I think could be you know, pretty solid NHL prospects. But they're they're lacking in so much, man. The Flyers are just a really disappointing team, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I think that the Philadelphia Flyers select Carson Lambos, 14th overall. Their defense has Provorov. It has Sanheim. But Carson Lambos is a good prospect, and I don't think he's a reach. I don't. Plenty of scouts have him as one of the better defensemen in this, this class. There are a few that rank him really low, but he's, for the most part, a mid-teens prospect in this class. Yeah, probably so. And defense does kind of get pushed up the board. Right. We've seen and... that plenty of times recently. Let me give you a list of the defensemen that are projected to go in the first round after Carson Lambos. Kuhlman's. Kuhlman's. Cheka. Boyum. How do you even say his name? B-U-I-U-M. Boom. I'm just going to call him that. <laughs> we'll call him and he's not, even, he's not even like a consensus. Um, yeah, he's like a late, pick. late, if at all, right? Which, right. and this is the same with Scott Morrow and Stanislav Svozel. Like, yep. these are guys that are all on the bubble. So it's like, there's nothing in terms of defense after Lambos, really. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, man. I know that Kale McCarr came from the AJHL. I'm not taking my chances with an AJHL player. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to pass up on him in the first yeah. couple rounds. Yeah, I'm with you. The AJHL is like the fifth best Canadian league. <laughs> Behind, you know, the CHL, the BCHL. The BCHL. And then there's the AJHL. I don't even like the BCHL. So it's like, I really think that the Flyers decide to shore up their defense. They've, they, again, they've got Provorov, they've got Sanheim, but Cam York is still far from a sure thing. And I think just drafting those, stocking up on defense is never a bad idea, especially when there aren't many in this draft. Yeah. They do leave talent on the board here, but hey, you know. 
Live yeah. and let die. I was going to take Lambos actually at 15, to be honest with you. Um, oh, that's why you were bitching at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's the stars, if, if you look at their draft history, they've just taken a lot of forwards lately. Last year, their, really their, their final pick was a goalie, and everything else was forwards before that. And I, if the board falls this way, maybe they take Coolman's. I, I don't know. Um, See, this is what's so fun about this draft because n- – Nobody knows what's Nobody gonna knows happen. Nobody what the hell is gonna happen. Um, if the board falls this way, I don't think they reach for Kulamans. Or at least that's not the way I'm gonna go with this. <sighs> I'll take Cole Cylinder. Um it's it's between him and Coronado if we're going forwards. Two guys that again can score the score the puck, you know, score a lot of goals. Um I, I don't think this is a reach for Sillinger at this point. He's another guy that plays down the middle. Uh, his was it, Is it his dad or uncle that's um, Mike Sillinger? Longtime Columbus Blue Jackets player. I don't remember. Anyway, not that it really matters. It is his father. It is his father. Okay. Um, he's not a great skater, uh, but, again, he's just a guy that puts the puck in the net. And Dallas isn't really known as a team that scores a lot of goals. So, it's a pretty good match of team and prospect, I think, it's, from that standpoint. So, and yeah. isn't that so yeah. weird? They're a team with Jamie Benn, Alexander Radulov, Tyler Sagan, Denis Gurionov, Rupins. They can't score a damn goal. Yeah. Unless it's against the Carolina Hurricanes. Right. <laughs> They're underwhelming. Yeah. All right. Alex is on the clock with the New on York the clock Rangers. As the New York Rangers. Oh. This is oh. a tough one because it's another it's another situation where I think considering the amount of, of forwards that they've drafted over the past few years, ideally the Rangers would need to turn to defense. But I mean, listen, they've got they've got a very good prospect core. Um they've got some good young defenders coming in. <sighs> you wanna know what I think I'm happens. I'm gonna go right a little off for, the board here. For all those reasons, you want to know what I think happens, just real quick. No, let Alex take they, the. They, let they, Alex make they, the pick. Think, I think they could trade back. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be very honest. That's I think, what I was gonna I, say. I think the Rangers could move back or move out or trade this pick for you know something that would help them now. Um, but just for the sake of keeping the draft going, and you know, based off the types of players that the Rangers have selected the last couple of years, I'm gonna take Oscar Allison here. Ah, oh, wow! Did do that? Screwing everything wow. Because I think he's a very good fit based off the types of guys they draft. Um, you know, a lot they, they put a lot of stock into offense, taking guys like Kraftstoff over the last couple of years. Um, you know, all this he scored he scored at every level he's been at. Just pull up this guy's elite prospects page. He scores in every league he plays in. Um and you, you know, um undersized player, um, but a lot of skill. A lot of skill. My man Matt. Did. Anyway, he's not really undersized, but no, he's like six. He's, he's, yeah, but he's he's light. He's, he's he looks light out there. He's six two, one eighty one. Yeah, like my man Matt did a a uh, good write up on him. If you haven't checked that out, I uh, recommend doing it. Um, was a fan of him before that article. Bigger fan of him after Matt actually sold him, uh, sold me on him even more than I already liked him myself. But I, I think he fits in a lot with what the Rangers are doing there. You know, adds another element of surprise to their offensive group which you know with guys like Lafreniere, Kako and Panarin and all these guys they have there um, just building a, a wealth of forward uh, prospects and 
good good attacking options. I think uh, he'd, he'd fit in pretty seamlessly there in a couple of years. I'd be kind of surprised if they did that with Coronado still on the board, but I think they trade back because somebody tries to get up for Sebastian Casa. If 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 the board falls that way, I think yeah, I think he's gonna I, go. I definitely way. think they could move back, but just for the sake of making the pick. Yeah, no, no, no I get you. You guys want to hear a hot take? Sure. Benjamin Goodrow is the best North American goalie in the draft. <laughs> okay. Wow. And I'm only like Joking, like ten percent. Well, I've seen actually. I saw it on the athletic mock draft, and I saw it on Twitter. Like, I saw Costa is going now. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is Costa keeps getting pushed up the boards? Like, everybody again. The question that I ask myself a lot when I watch Casa play is: He good, or is he just tall? Yeah, he's big. <laughs> Goudreau that, is prototypical size. It's like. Of course, WHL skaters can't score on Sebastian Costa because he's six foot six and they're just not great shooters. <laughs> I was watching Ben Gaudreau stand on his head on a god awful Sarnia team, stop 50 shots a night as a 16 year old. And the only reason he's not getting the hype that Costa's getting is because the OHL didn't have a freaking season, man. That's a good point. It's a travesty. Anyways, point. St. Louis is on the clock now at, what are we, 17? Yep. 17. So this is this is another tough one because St. Louis doesn't have a ton of great prospects anymore. A lot of their guys have either kind of fizzled out or Clem Costin. I mean, we don't really know what the deal is with him. Yet. I like him a lot with his, like, nasty edge too, man. Yeah, but the dude hasn't, I don't know, St. Louis is. Uh, he hasn't been great. Kind of ruining him. But anyways. Yeah. Isn't he in the KHL? Uh, I don't even think he was in North America this year. He's bounced around a lot, which is part of the problem. Yeah, it's, that's unfortunate. But St. Louis needs a safe pick here. And my pick is Brennan Othman. I think that with Tarasenko's injury history and with him wanting a trade, St. Louis is going to need to stock up on guys that can put the puck in the net. And I think he is the best goal scorer remaining in the draft. I mean, this kid's shot is outstanding. Um, And again, we would have gotten to see it on full display if the OHL had a season. Now, granted, he did play 34 games. um, And I I believe the Swiss second league um, this year, I think that's what uh, league he played in. But like, Man, it would have just been so nice to see Offman playing in the um, the OHL this year. I think he's a really good prospect. Didn't you have him going to the Canes and uh, something, some mock draft recently? Yeah, uh, so that article will be out on Friday, but um, oh, in the sorry. sport... No, that's all right. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, in the SB Nation mock draft, I had the Canes picking Brennan Othman uh, at 27 because he's he was the best player on the board. Um, there were a lot of interesting picks. Uh, I won't really get into it because you guys are just going to have to read the SB Nation article. But um, there were a lot of interesting picks beforehand. But uh, Othman was far and away the best player on the board. But yeah, so Offman is going to St. Louis here because I think they just need another guy that can put the puck in the net. Yeah. All, All right. right. 18th Brandon. overall. Yep. 
the Winnipeg Jets are now on the clock. Um, all right. So at this stage, Zach LaRue does kind of seem like a good pick for Winnipeg. It just kind of seems like he'd fit there. You know, um, what's that big center's name? Uh, Adam Lowry, like yeah, physical, gritty players. Um, Which is hilarious because he's like 5'10". <laughs> yeah. If Coolman's was better and more <laughs> if he played in a better pick, league, I would probably go defense here. But yeah, no, I'm not going to go Larue here. I'm going to go with uh, let's go with Svechkov here. That's fine. <laughs> Winnipeg that's a good needs, pick. Yeah, that's at this stage. It's probably the best. He's in the conversation for the best forward left at this point. Anyway, he played. Um, did he play in? Was he with the Russian that played in the U.S. this year? No, he's no. Not. Who was there's there's one Russian that played or, or in Canada this year? Excuse me. Uh, Daniil Cheka is. Oh, it's Pastajov. Um, he's not even. Is he even Russian? No, Pastajov is like from Florida. He just has a Russian last name. Okay, and first name. His first name is Sasha. Okay, right. well that's why I was thinking there was. Okay, anyway. Yeah, Svechkov um, is just. He played. Um, the thing about him is like. I don't know why on elite prospects they're showing his MHL stats. He played at the majority of his time in the Russian second league this year. Yeah. Um, Which is great. Yeah. For a 17 year old, it is good. He's really, really good defensively. Um, I think he's got a, I don't think he has a super high ceiling, but he's a good skater, good defensively um, and good hands. So decent little package to build off of there. Would you say that he's got a, uh, ridiculous package no he doesn't have Sveshnikov's ridiculous package Svechkov's he has Svechkov's ridiculous package yes Svech- exactly Svechkov's ridiculous package also gotcha. did you guys notice that I like titled I titled the episode wrong yeah you, I did I wasn't gonna bring it up I was just gonna yeah happen. I know I'm, f- uh, right. I'm sorry Alex you were on the clock at 19 with Nashville right. I want to stir things up here a little go ahead do it so take Casas. <laughs> when I'm analyzing when I'm analyzing the board on this first round, uh, mo- mostly just you know uh, the selections based on what team is drafting where, and I'm trying to project a player into where I see him kind of ending up. Like maybe not the best fit for him uh, per se, but just where like what what team I see kind of taking a chance on this kind of a guy. And mind you, I don't know if they would take him this high. Because I, I don't really have an opinion on this player. I haven't seen enough where I can really definitively say one way or another. But I did see him a little bit a couple years ago in the OHL when he was playing in Ottawa. With a 19th overall pick, the Nashville Predators are pleased to select Daniel Cheka. No way. Wow. Uh, I, I just think he just seems like a Nashville type pick because look at their drafting history and it's just all over the place. They, (laughs) they, there's like, there's not really a method to their madness. You know what I mean? It's just, they, they just, they draft really weird. And I just think he's a, he's the type of player that their scouts or there's going to be some scouts of some team that just fall in love with the intangibles here because this guy's got size. Um, he can create some offense. He's got a good shot. Uh, he's got a very long reach. Um, he he does a lot of things well. It's just I don't think he's a very smart player. 
I just yeah, I'm not, it's it's kind of like he um, reminds me of Justin Falk. Figured it out yet? He kind of reminds me of Falk. Like he's got a really big shot, and like sometimes he's really good defensively, and sometimes he's just like lost out there and makes like boneheaded mistakes. I think yeah. I think Shea could goes top twenty. I actually had him. Yeah, going like in a couple see, picks. I don't yeah. think he's a guy I would personally. Luke Madulin went twentieth last year. Okay, yeah. you know what? That's fair. Defense right. gets pushed up boards. Cheka is better just, than Mukwudu. I'm, I'm just looking for a landing Anybody's spot for Cheka. Anybody's better, bro. A and it feels, freaking it feels plank like from Ed Ed and Eddie is better than Muhammad Dulin. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't mind I, that pick at all. It feels, like, it feels like a Nashville player to me. I don't know. I just, I, I just that, that's the fit I see. If, if I had to, yeah. to, to pick any spot where I see Cheka going, I think it's Nashville. I, I could see that. I, I, I'm a little surprised just because I think there's a lot of questions surrounding his game. Yeah, but I'm right there with you. Nashville, I, I agree. They, I mean, in the later rounds, they favor QMJHL and USHL guys because I, I covered Nashville prospects for a hot second and I kind of got the sense of that trend. But like, it's all over the place with them, man. Um, I'm on the clock for Edmonton, man. As much as I want to meme the Oilers, <laughs> like I think there's a very realistic chance that Ken Holland takes Aturati here. Oh man! Which is hilarious because he's another enigmatic Finn. That's a terrible pick for them. Like oh, I, I can terrible. see them making it, but that that would be so dumb. <laughs> no, but here's the here's here's the thing. His career would be ruined. He would never amount well, that, to that. That is true. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to mean the Oilers. It just does seem, given how Ken Holland has operated as the Oilers GM so far, he's acquired just size guys, like grit, you know, guys that would have been good when he, you know, won all those, he was gifted all those cups with Detroit. <laughs> big guys that just can't skate. Ratsy's a big guy that can skate. And he plays physically. It's just he he wasn't quite ready to take a full-on step into Carpat's lineup this past year. And granted, I also think he wasn't ever going to do well on the fourth line there. And that's kind of the problem with being a top prospect for Carpat is you just don't get heavy minutes right away, you know? Yeah. But I think that Ratti is the Edmonton Oilers pick here he isn't the guy that I would choose I'd have him maybe going actually the next pick to Boston I feel like he'd be really good in Boston I thought so too uh, but, that's one player I had him pigeonholed or at one place I had them I had him going to one of my next two picks and that's either Columbus with uh, Yarmo Kekalainen's second pick yeah or, with, or, or to Boston because he, he'd fit well there and could develop remember r- remember when Aturati had like top three hype before the year. Oh, he was supposed to be like the kid in this in this draft. He yeah. was supposed to be he like just, it and, didn't work out. Yeah. And I think part of it is due to the fact that he just didn't get deployed correctly minutes, this year. Yeah. 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 I think that ton of talent. That could be a home run pick. But... Yeah, I mean I think the Oilers and now granted the Oilers suck at developing. That's prospects. the problem. Yeah. Like they seem to be very hands. I saw a tweet today that said they seem to be very hands off with their development and that's why you know mcdavid has nobody around him yeah so it's like i think rassi if developed properly could be a like a home run of a pick for them i agree so all right moving right along we are two-thirds of the way through this only an hour and a half in so not doing too bad <laughs> um oh, geez. 
So with the next pick, I kind of already alluded to this. I, I just think he's a perfect marriage, kind of similar to Ratty, where he plays a physical style that would fit very well in Boston, who could be about to lose uh, Nick Ritchie to the Seattle Kraken. Um, well, Nick Ritchie kind of sucks for them anyways. Yeah, yeah, but didn't he have like a good playoff run? I don't know. Anyway, um, a somewhat similar player. And Zach LaRue, much smaller, I'll mind you, but um, a, a very similar physical power forward style, toes the line at times, but um, still a talented kid and could turn into a very valuable, maybe second line, third line power forward that scores some goals for you. So I think that's a good spot for him to go and a good another good matchup of players, play style and team. No, I don't I hate that pick. I actually think it's a great fit considering like the kind of guys that just like a Boston type player. You know what I mean? Exactly. But yeah. mind you, would they need a uh, little when Warren Fogle goes there? Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh. God. All right. All right. Up next. Uh, who is up next? Minnesota. All Ooh. right. So I am on the clock again. And you know what? We're at the point of the draft where I can't let my guy fall any further. I'm taking Zach Dean for the Minnesota Wild. I don't hit it. I think he'd be a good fit. Their defense looks pretty good, mind you. Got to get Matt Dumba signed. But I think at this portion of the draft, um, he's he's got high upside uh, based off where you're taking him there. He's dynamic, right? He can play center. He can play wing. He can really fit anywhere into that lineup. And, you know, they're moving forward with a lot of youth up front with guys like Fiala, guys like uh, Kaprizov, who you hope stays around. Uh, and guys like Jordan Greenway have come up and surprised, and they've got a lot of young talent on the way. Um, I, I think he can be a pretty good fit in that system. And like I said, anyone who's been listening to this podcast for, you know, since we started, Zach Dean's always been my guy for the Hurricanes, just based off seeing him live, just absolutely jumped off the ice to me. Even in a game that had Alexi Lafreniere playing on it, I, I thought he was just as good, almost stole the show for me personally, and kind of scouts are a little up and down on him. Um, some have him like a top 15 talent. Some he's like a marginal first rounder, but I, I really like him, especially, you know, uh, in, if you're talking about 22nd overall in this draft, I think he's a guy that has a lot of high upside. Reminds me a lot of Elias Lindholm with his elusivity and his agility along the board. Smart player. He didn't really produce a ton on Gatno, but I mean, they were absolutely terrible. Like you really have to watch them to appreciate just how bad they were. And I think it kind of his lack of statistical success kind of has people down on him a little or you know he doesn't get the hype that he deserves um but you know it, you go, you really got to watch him to appreciate him always creating offense out there really driving his line um i i really like this player and uh yeah, he's quick at, 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 at 22 i think that's a good spot for him yeah okay so the next player or the next team i guess is detroit at 23 um the uh, trade that sent anthony mantha to the caps anyways that's right the Detroit Swedes take Isaac Rosen here. Like, I think their first three or four picks in the last draft were Swedes. I don't think they stray from it. They've got a tremendous core of Swedish players. And Detroit might ice an all-Swedish lineup at this rate. <laughs> yeah, Rosen doesn't have the highest upside in this draft. And honestly, I think he's more of a safe pick, which is why I kind of don't see Eisenman going this route. But at the same time, I think, you know, They've gotten Wallstead. They Rosen isn't a bad player. And the other guy that I would have probably drafted here if if Detroit didn't get Wallstead was Casa. You know? 
I think somebody would trade up for him at this point. I, I was just thinking that. Like, he's. I, I don't think he makes it out of the top, like, 21, 22. I don't That's know, man. Name. Anyways, I, I think Sebastian Casa or uh, Isaac Rosen is the guy here. I also have Florida, so I'm just going to pick for them at 24. If I'm Florida, the guy I'm picking is Matthew Coronado. Yeah, I'm, I don't think he makes it quite this far either, to be honest with you. Chibrikov is on the board. They don't need Sebastian Casa because they've got Spencer Knight. Or they'd be stupid to take somebody other than a forward or a defenseman here. Coronado is probably one of the safer players available too, so that's my pick. I guess at this point, after taking Dylan Gunther with their first pick, I'm going to stop the mini slide, as we'll call it, because again, I don't think he makes it this far on draft day. But this is a pretty good spot for Sebastian Casa as well. This is probably like his floor. Um, Columbus needs everything, and that includes goaltending. The Kid Lennox thing is obviously extremely sad. And I mean, just a horrible, horrible accident that I, you know, just can't even put into words what all of them are going through right now, especially for it to happen at their goalie coach's house. And just it's rough, man. But um, even beyond that, they, they kind of need a goalie anyway. So I think this is a pretty good spot for Casa. Say what you will about him. He has a lot of bust potential, but as any goalie does in the first round, you know, I'm not just pigeonholing him specifically in that, but uh, I, I think this is probably a pretty good spot for Sebastian Casa. It's definitely one of the teams in this area that I think could be in on him, if that yeah. makes any sense. Um, this is where I, I think it's a better range for him to go, yeah, but I, I don't think on draft day this is where he will go. That's what I'm Agreed. trying to say. That's a good point. All right. So now we've got Alex at 26 with the Minnesota Wild from the Jason Zucker trade. Back on the board for the Wild. Took Zach Dean with their last pick. And, you know, I know they have a lot of top offensive prospects. Uh, They have Marco Rossi, uh, Matt Boldy, Alex Kolmanov. But I think with another forward prospect here, uh, they could really be lethal. They could really build a a lethal group of you know, potent, a, a potent offensive team. And I'm taking Logan Stankov in here. Uh, I think... That pick stinks, man. No, I think with... <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Slow clap for Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, with his north-south style, um, I know he's undersized. Like, they're going to be small uh, if they do take him. I mean, Marco Rossi's tiny. Caprice office. I think they're going to be small. Um but they're going to be fun. You know what I mean? I think I, I think he's a guy who could fit in well there. Um, you know, obviously he scored a ton at the junior level. He's five foot eight, 170 pounds. So it's not, it's not a guy who's going to really impose his will against anybody physically, but he does play pretty North South. He's an energetic player and he can finish. I actually think he's a guy in the mix for the hurricanes as well. But uh, I, yeah. I think, I think for the wild with where they are as a group, I think uh, he'd probably be a good, uh, good fit for them. Okay, All right. so Brandon, you're on the clock for the Carolina Hurricanes, but I also figured maybe we could all give kind of our thoughts on this pick. Yeah, we probably should. Okay. Um, so I think if the board falls this way, I think the pick's probably Francesco Pinelli. Oh, that's not who I would have chosen, but I forgot that he was on the board. Okay. Surprising. Who? I mean, it's either him. Maybe Chibrikov. I would have taken Chibrikov yeah, and not looked back. 
That's one of the uh, – yeah, I, I guess Chabrikov. One of those two is probably the pick. But Pinelli, I'll, he's actually got some helium lately. Like a lot of scouts, he's been going up draft boards a lot lately. His good players were really good. Yeah, his U8 exactly. Um, and he works really hard. He can score. Um, he kind of, in a lot of ways, kind of reminds me of Jack Drury a little. He may be not quite as good defensively, but he's aggressive. He plays a little bit physically, and um, he's just a really good all-around player. So I'd be kind of surprised if he was even on the board at this point, just, again, because of how much helium, as the scouting community likes to call it, uh, goes. And, and his four goals and 11 points at the World Juniors did him a lot of favors. Um, and, and he was good in the Alps HL, too, whatever the hell that is. Uh, it's like <laughs> Switzerland, the... I'm guessing. Man, I don't even know. It says Slovenia, but I don't oh, believe maybe. that. Whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's between Shabrikov. You can go ahead and I'll let you guys talk about him because he would also be a good pick at this juncture. I, I don't think the hurt. I would be upset with either one of those two guys um, with the way the board has fallen. Yeah, Shabrikov is my, my pick. Tuamala might be a decent uh, option at this point as well because we know how they love Russian or uh, Finns. For me, Chibrikov has the higher offensive potential. Yeah. That's just me. I mean, like, he's not small. I mean, he's 5'10", so he's not, like, the biggest, but, you know, it's whatever. He's just crafty, elusive, dynamic offensively. He can be a ton of fun in the offensive zone. And I think, you know, given how the Canes, at least in recent years, have gone, you know, the speed and skill route for their prospects, I think he's the guy. I don't hate it, they picked, you know, a guy like Samu Tuamala. Xavier Burgol is on the board. He's another guy that I really like. Too much um, playmaking. Neat scoring. He's not a playmaker. He's just a guy that can find a lot of offense. He, he finds different ways to contribute offensively. He's not a pure playmaker. He's not a pure goal scorer. He's just kind of good in the offensive zone, if that makes sense. He's a utility player. That's what I'll call him. Yeah, Chabrikov's skating ability might make him the better pick. But on the flip side of that, Pinelli's defense is a lot better than Chabrikov's. Yeah, but if you're taking yeah. if you're taking guy, uh, I mean, if you're going upside here, which the Canes do, I think you lean more towards Chabrikov. Yeah, Chibrikov, he, had 13, Chib- he had 13 points at the World Juniors too, actually, more than Pinelli. Yeah, he I mean, He's phenomenal. He he really is just a fun prospect. And he's um he's got quite a lot of penalty minutes on his ledger here too for us. Ah, well, That's you know. kind of surprising. Well, you know. Yeah, he also got, got time in the KHL, which is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Chibrikov too. Sixteen um, games. But I I'm actually gonna go with um, you know, from the Hurricanes' favorite program, Carpat. I'm gonna take Samu Tuomala here because I, I think he's a very good fit for what they want. Um, you know, great skater. Gets up and down the ice. Uh, he's got skill. He can carry the puck. And he's a lethal finisher. Like, this guy has scored a ton of goals at every level. He scored 15 goals in 30 games this year. Mind you, he was in the U-20 league. But, I mean, it, he, this guy scores a lot. Um, he's fiery. That's one thing that's very underrated about him is he's a fiery player. He finishes his checks. Uh, he goes to the corners. Mind you, he is a little undersized. But uh, he, he's a guy that I, I think checks a lot of the boxes that the Hurricanes look for when they're drafting. Plus, being from Carpat, um, you know, with the connections they've had there. Uh, I just think he's he's kind of a seamless fit, especially if he's still on the board at this spot. Um, and he's got very high upside. I think he'd fit in really well with their core based off how this team is built. So he would be my pick there. 
But to be clear, I've heard questions about his skating too. But they're going to get a good scouting report on him. To your point, um, because <laughs> like Aho's dad is going to be like, exactly. "Hey, this is the deal on this guy." This is, <laughs> yeah. So, Anyways, you have that. But I, 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 you know, I said, Pinelli, I'd He's be got fine a great with that. release. But Shabrikov is lightning quick. But yeah, yeah he's Sh- a really Shabrikov good shooter. Makes good sense too. Shabrikov would probably be the most exciting. That's the like sexiest pick of the bunch. Pinelli is probably like the lowest floor. And Tuamala, you know what? If they pick him, then I'm going to trust that they got the report that they wanted and they think he's going to be a top six player in the NHL. All right. Well, Ron Francis, we'll go with freaking Pinelli as your pick. <laughs> yeah, right. But you yeah, he's not um, a bad player. He's a good player. He's not a bad player. It just seems like a very Ron Francis pick to make, does it not? Yeah, yeah. I guess. But anyways, um, all right, so, so we'll go with Shabrikov. We'll, we'll put that as the as the as the team pick. Uh, that's Yay! Okay. Um, so Alex is on the board with the Colorado Avalanche. Huh. Right? This is a fun one. <laughs> this, this this is a fun one. Um, we'll take Tuomala. Because no matter who you pick, they're gonna turn into a star with the Avs, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll take Tuomala for them. Um, yeah, just for the same reasons I listed for the Hurricanes, I think he'd be a good fit in that group, uh, especially if they saw guys like Kadri there by the time he gets there. Just think he'd be a seamless fit in, uh, to what they do. Uh, and yeah, you know, you know exactly how Colorado's system is. He's gonna he's gonna score like forty goals, and everyone's gonna be like, okay, why didn't we take this guy? I could take I could see them taking Zach Bulldog too. All right, so next up on the clock is me at twenty ninth with uh, New Jersey. Actually, I have the next two picks, don't I? I do. Yep. So, New Jersey. Uh, I had them picking Brant Clark. So, I don't think they go with a guy like Coolman's here. I think that they go ahead and actually take... This is tough, man. There's a lot of good players on the board still. But none of them are certain things, which is a concern. It's got to be Borgo or Bulldog, right? I think that they take Dylan Duke okay, yeah. from the development program. Um, I don't think he's the flashiest pick, but I think that, you know what, they, they need to take another guy that has at least some, I don't know, man. There's something about him that's decent and good. I think any thing from like 25 to 50 you can just throw anybody in like the 25 to 30 range if that makes any sense anybody ranked 25th to 50th you can put in the last five or five to seven spots of the draft and i'd be like sure okay i actually think that's a good spot for simon robertson i do too it's just i don't think i don't know man duke is a fun player I think he, he's a really good goal scorer. And it's something that New Jersey kind of lacks right now. You know, they've got yeah. Jack Hughes. And I think Hughes is going to end up being more of a distributor at the NHL level. Yeah. Um, Duke would just be another fun goal scorer on that team. I think he's off the board, definitely. But I think, you know, New Jersey can wait on him, kind of let him stew. Vegas is going to pick, and I'm actually kind of, you know, I, I thought that another good place for um, Chibrikov would have been Vegas. Yeah. But with them, I'm 
I'm going to have Simon Robertson going to Vegas. Yeah, I, I think that's a solid, perfect spot for him. Yeah, I think that's a great, great spot for Robertson. Um, I don't see them being very high on QMJHL players. I don't see them drafting many that I know of, at least. Um, and I mean, I could be wrong here. Like, I'll pull up 2020's draft, and you know, first thing I'll see is the Vegas Golden Knights picking a. QMJHL player. Yep, Lucas Cormier, second or third round. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think Robertson is is just a better pick for them at this point, and that's just me. Well, with Montreal the thirty first overall pick, why not take the French Canadian kid, right? Which one? <laughs> Borgo. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's like there's like six. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, that's true. There are quite a few of them. And Penelope's still on the board, too, since we said she went to Carolina. But um, I think this is probably a good spot for Borgo anyway. Um, he's rated quite a bit higher than this by most outlets I've seen. I've seen him in the teens quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Um, it's just a good offensive player. His defense is work in progress, and that's, you know, not ideal. Oh, wait, he's not a center. Yeah, he, I've seen him listed at center, and he's listed at wing here. On his he's side. a right shot center that can play on the wing because um, Shawinigan has Maverick Bork and uh, Ponomaryov as their two centers, so he kind of flips between the wing and center. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Borgo is probably the best player on the board for me. Um, he's physical. He's he's got a little bit of a nasty edge to his game, and he's got offensive talent. He scored seventy one points a couple years ago in sixty three games, um, and then forty in twenty nine games this past season, including twenty goals. So uh, does a little bit of everything. Got some physicality in his game, and he's obviously from the area. So we'll take a hometown kid at thirty first overall. Actually, he's, yeah, he's a good pick. I don't think he's going to be anything like great, but I think he's going to be a solid plug and play guy in the middle six. Right. I don't. I'm actually on a page right now, and Jack LeGuin's, um tweet <laughs> about having him on the podcast yeah. is on it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So 32nd right. is Columbus, correct? Yeah. So, Alex, you are rounding out the draft. Or no, is that you? Oh, that is Brandon. So Brandon's (laughs) running out the draft. So I have yet another Columbus pick. So their haul thus far is Dylan Gunther. um, And then they got Sebastian Casa at 25th. Why not just go ahead and take one from all three levels and insert Corson Coolins here? Um, At the back end of the first round, we've said that Columbus needs talent everywhere. I I think this is a decent place for him. Um, And this is another good place Bull Duke or um, even Pinelli or like a Wyatt Johnston could go here. There's options to go here. Kisikov as well. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to go with Corson Coolmans. We'll give them a forward, a defenseman, and a goalie in the first round to round it out. Not a really dynamic offensive player, but he's got the baseline to be a decent top four NHL defenseman at some point. Moves the puck really well um, and yeah. skates really well. So. What worries me about Kuhlman's is, well, one, the league he plays in, two, recency bias. Yeah. A lot of scouts put way too much stock into the U18s this year. Well, that's like, like a, a lot of... He didn't get enough scouting time, so that's probably yeah. true. And it's and not a lot of... There, there's a lot of, um, like, 
we didn't have the Holinka this year, so Craig Button didn't have anything to rant about for the entire year as to why he put a prospect in the top five. But um, <laughs> but like if a player was over a point per game, they instantly shot up like 10 spots on some people's draft boards just because they actually got a look at this guy, you know? So that's why like with with players that did well at the U18s, like sure, that's good. But that should really just be a benchmark for you. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like it's a risk, but I think everything after maybe the top five or so is a risk in this draft. Yeah, this draft is just it's like, not there's good. talent. Like, let's not pretend it's like a it's gonna be bad a fun draft, draft because there's true. there's yeah. kind of more parody than there's been in recent years. Yeah, oh, and I it mean, goes so many different ways. It's like, definitely that, gonna be a fun one to watch. Yeah, and it's we kind of project like who the hurricanes are gonna pick. Like we have no idea who the hell is gonna be there. We have no idea. I mean, on any position, literally, I mean, there could be, like you said, I mean, defensemen could be gone in the first round. Kuhlman's, Morrow, Cheka, all these guys could be picked in the top 20. Or, and you know what? There's a a good chance that a guy like Matthew Coronado falls. There's a good chance. There's a good chance that we see Chibrikov fall. There's There's a good chance that a handful of you know ohl players fall just because they didn't play this year you know like this is one of the drafts and i mean i've seen this i've said it this is the draft where scouts went or earned their money oh yeah Yeah. it's really easy to earn your money in drafts like the 2015 and 2019 drafts where there's just talent out the wazoo right but the scouts that earn their money were the scouts in the 2012 draft that picked, you know, the Jacob Slavens, the Johnny Goudreaux, right. right? Or in the 2013 draft when you got Brett Pesci in a terrible draft. And even this year, it's going to be whichever team picks, you know, and, and they might not be a solid first, second line guy. It might just be, you know what, you got NHL games out of, you know, your third, fourth, fifth round picks, something like that. It's just going to be such an interesting draft to follow because we're really not going to see the full scope of maybe even the first round for the next five, six years. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of overage players taken because those guys have tape from before the season. Yeah, I'm always – I still don't know if overage guys are actually going to get taken, though, because NHL team – I mean, for one, the data backs up that most overage guys don't end up being all that great. We kind of lucked out with, you know, some of our overagers being okay. But, like, I don't know, man. It's just such a weird draft. Like, I could see USHL and, like, high school players going way higher than they should. Yeah. Anyways, folks, I think that's going to wrap it up for this time. We've already spent enough time talking about the draft. We will see you next week, Wednesday at 8 p.m., maybe a little before, for our live, live, live podcast. Talking with all of you all, just kind of reacting to the expansion draft, seeing what happens, seeing what trades roll out, and seeing how it affects the Carolina Hurricanes moving forward. And folks, it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks, so strap yourselves in, grab some popcorn, maybe an adult beverage if you are allowed. And folks, as always, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.